0: Welcome to Neo Kobe Pizza, the only gaming podcast that floats in soup. I'm your host, Mark B., and today, as my very special guest, I have fellow diehard game fan slash Inside Pulse alumni, ML Kennedy. How are you doing today,
1: sir? I'm doing great.
0: Good to hear. Excellent. Now, you had mentioned that... You are basically a whore for all the things that you're working on. So rather than waiting until the end of the podcast when everybody's already zoned out, I'm going to give you a couple of minutes at the beginning to pitch your projects so that everybody knows what you're doing, what you have available, and then we'll go from there.
1: That's good. it's good. I'm going to be a whore right away then. Uh, so as of August 8th, I don't know when this get, gets posted, I have a new book out on the Kindle. It's called 100 by 100 by M.L. Kennedy. And it is uh, 100 stories that are each 100 words long and exactly 100 words, according to Microsoft Word, who is a, an authority on this sort of thing. And uh, it's mostly speculative fiction, uh, sci-fi, horror, that sort of thing. And uh, previous books are available in Kindle and uh, paperback editions on Amazon and through Tiny Toe Press. Uh, probably most relevant to the Inside Pulse audience would be Thanksgiving for Werewolves, which does involve an independent wrestler fighting werewolves in a Die Hard-like situation. Yeah, that's about enough, I think. Fair enough.
0: I don't, I don't really know where we can go that's going to be more impressive than independent wrestler fighting werewolves in a Die Hard-type situation. But we will. we will make progress as best we can okay so the concept that we're talking about this week you had brought to me as one of a couple that we had discussed as potentials and it was the one that struck me as the most interesting for the time period which was the idea of creating a pokemon go sort of application based around the Ghostbusters franchise.
1: Pokemon Ghostbusters.
0: Yeah, I kind of I kind of thought about that too, but I was like, you know what? I don't know about that necessarily. But the the idea definitely has legs. It certainly has merit. I mean, Pokemon Go is obviously exploded everywhere even though the application itself is kind of a piece of shit. It's just captured the imagination attention of so many different people to the point where i live in a suburb and i consistently see multiple groups of people walking around near poke stops with their phones out like the world's shittiest lewis and clark possible and the ghostbusters film of course is
1: well it's kind of flopping but yeah i think the world has been ready for uh, vr for a long time i mean we've been it's been hyped along with hoverboards and flying cars since I was a kid, and uh, I think augmented reality is the closest we're getting right now that we can actually use in a practical way. And I think having ghosts around that you can see through a phone is both an interesting idea and something that could be potentially very frightening for people who actually believe in ghosts and might think that the ghosts are actually there.
0: I don't really know if that would necessarily be a great selling point for the app, but... <laughs> All right, we can we can definitely start with that, if nothing else. I wanted to start off talking a bit about our experiences with Ghostbusters and with Pokemon to the extent that you or I might have them. From a Ghostbusters perspective, I don't know about you, but I saw that in the theater the, like, the week that it came out.
1: Oh, man, it came out when I was four. So I first saw the movie on VHS. My neighbors, Marcy and Lori, uh, brought it over. I must have been probably five or six at the time. And I more remember that they were bringing over snacks, and they were like, do you like Twinkies? And I guess Twinkies are kind of tied into the whole ghost, Ghostbuster thing. But I remember watching the movie, eating the Twinkies, and being frightened of the dogs.
0: Do you have any kind of memories of the movie at that point, or was it just kind of an, oh, this is a thing that they watched, snacks, and then like later on you...
1: Well, I know I definitely I definitely enjoyed the movie. I might have actually seen the uh, Ghostbusters cartoon before that, but the, you know, Ghostbusters cartoon based on the old TV show, you know, with the monkey and all that stuff and the flying car. And, and I'm thinking, you know, this doesn't look anything like Bill Murray. Not that, you know, my five-year-old self knew who Bill Murray was. But, yeah, no, I remember liking the movie and then uh, watching the cartoon and having the ecto-cooler and, and all that other stuff. I never had... The toys, but definitely my neighbor across this uh, across the street had all the cool like Ghostbuster traps and the uh, the proton pack with the little spinny plastic thing in the front that would fall off, and you know those sorts of things. Right,
0: and it's it's kind of weird to me, considering what the movie was and how it was presented, like how it became this this big merchandising thing. Because I was around five when the film came out, and my mother's track record for taking me to movies has not been the greatest. I have seen some very good movies in the theater, such as Ghostbusters, Beetlejuice, A Little Shop of Horrors, and also some of the dirt worst movies imaginable, like the second weekend at Bernie's.
1: Oh man, I watched that on VHS. I saw that in that. the
0: theater. <laughs> I don't know why.
1: Uh, I will. I will one up you. I saw Ernest Scared Stupid in the theater.
0: I can one on uh, that. I saw The Exorcist three.
1: Oh man, is that the one? Does that have bugs in it? I don't remember which one that, that was. That was the one in the hotel. Oh, okay, okay.
0: And of yeah. course, I saw No Holds Barred because my mother was a wrestling fan.
1: <laughs> oh, see, my uh, my parents hated wrestling. So the same no- neighbors that showed me Ghostbusters were the ones that got me into wrestling. I got a uh, a Big John Stud rubber bendy figurine from them. So ah. Uh. It still exists in my mom's basement, along with the Iron Sheik. I'm sure that
0: those are worth practically nothing on eBay.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they're probably going to go in this garage sale I'm throwing in Buffalo next week. Oh, wow.
0: But Ghostbusters was a thing that, for whatever reason, I ended up seeing it in the theater. I don't know why. It was just my mother's like, oh, I want to go see Both sisters. We're going to go see Ghostbusters. And, you know, I'm five. What do I know? I'm like, okay, let's go watch that. And that movie scared the shit out of me.
1: Well, and it's funny to me that it's like this kid's movie that features a blowjob from a ghost. It's really weird. I mean, PG meant something else in the 80s than it does now. I mean, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, and, and even beyond that, it's not just like that sequence, but there were only a couple of horror sequences. If you were an adult, like maybe you're going to be horrified by the dream that Dana has in the towards the beginning of the movie and the parts at the end with Gozer the Gozerian up till Choose the Destructor form. But Mm -hmm. if you're a kid, Slimer's fucking terrifying.
1: Slimer's pretty gross. I remember uh, when my daughter was little, we have the little two DVD collection that has Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2. I don't even know if I've ever sat down and watched the DVD of Ghostbusters 2. But my daughter would insist that we watch the State Puff Marshmallow Man part over and over again. I mean, she'd watch it, like, five times in a row. It was quite odd. Well, maybe she just liked watching the marshmallow guy explode. Who doesn't like that? It's marshmallows everywhere.
0: Yeah, it's pretty great. I, I cannot deny that there's, there's a certain appeal to just watching everybody just get covered with frickin' shit. But I was also a big fan of the real Ghostbusters cartoon. I kind of fell out of the fandom after that cartoon, because, you know, extreme Ghostbusters did not appeal to me in any way, shape, or form.
1: Yeah, was that the one where Egon was older and leading a team of, like, you know, the Burger King Kids Club diverse group there? or Including the one kid
0: who was in a wheelchair, yes. Yeah, yeah. And the goth girl for some reason.
1: Yeah, I think I, I may, might have accidentally seen about 20 minutes of that. I don't even remember watching the cartoon that often. I just remember the one episode where uh, werewolves and uh, vampires lived in adjacent towns and fought each other. And then they were having problems with werewolf vampires at the end. And as a kid, my my brain was like, but wait, no, if vampires are dead, and if you're dead, you can't become a werewolf, and if you're alive, you can't become a vampire. That doesn't make any sense, cartoon.
0: I don't remember that.
1: Yeah, there was a little girl named Lupe. I know that much. Maybe Loopy. I don't know. It had something to do with the moon. She was the, the part team werewolf. Uh,
0: That, yeah, that's that's completely beyond me. I, I don't Wow, alright, that's... We're pulling very specific things tonight,
1: that's what's going to happen. Yeah,
0: this is this is going to get really fucking nerdy. Like, really nerdy. Like, I don't know, the only thing I really remember about the real Ghostbusters at this point is Collect Call of Cthulhu, which was still, to this day, to me, it's one of the greatest episodes they've had.
1: Oh, I don't know that one.
0: They actually fought Cthulhu.
1: Seems reasonable. Yeah,
0: and they didn't go insane, which, I mean, you know... Come on, Ray Stance got a blowjob from a ghost. Like, how much weirder can your life get at that point? Really?
1: Yeah, it's a it sets a high baseline there.
0: Exactly. So it's it's they they successfully managed to fight off Cthulhu using the proton packs because why the fuck not? But I just remember like that was my first introduction to the world of Lovecraft just as an existing thing, which was pretty interesting. Beyond that, like I said, I fell out of the fandom right after that point until I guess a few years ago when they started kind of bringing back like other components like they had the Ghostbusters video game or excuse me, the Ghostbusters video game that actually featured voice acting as opposed to all of the ones we got in the 80s, which were variable quality.
1: I don't know if I've ever actually played any of the Ghostbusters video games. I was excited when they announced the one for the, like, uh, the Wii generation, and then I only had the Wii at that generation, so I wasn't going to get a good game. And uh, then I never backtracked and played any of them. The So that wasn't really helpful to add.
0: No, that's fair. But the, the Xbox 360 game and the PlayStation 3 game were good. And if you have a console that is backwards compatible or if you have a PlayStation 3 lying around, I recommend it. Otherwise, the only games. I do have
1: a PlayStation 3 lying around.
0: Oh, there you go. The only other games I really remember yeah. in any capacity are the really bad first game that they released, which the Master System version I thought was good, but every other version was hot garbage. The weird second game for the NES, which had you jumping the Ecto-1 and fighting, like, disembodied Vigo's head like it was Reverse Zombie Nation. And the Genesis platformer, which was really fun.
1: Yeah, yeah. Most of my experience of that is, like, secondhand through weird YouTube reviews by, you know, 40-year-old guys who do that sort of thing. No offense, of course. None taken. Dick. (laughs) Anyway. So...
0: When the new movie came out, I, I'm i fine with it. I haven't had a chance to see it yet just because I was kind of hoping it wouldn't be a reboot so much as like a continuation of the original franchise. But for the most part, it, it seems like it's a Paul Feig movie.
1: Yeah, I did see the movie. I took my mother to see it last week, and it pretty much is a Paul Feig movie, a movie where the it just needs a better editor and the improv goes a little too far. It's, you know, everybody's throwing in jokes all the time when there really ought to be a couple of straight characters who aren't making jokes. And, uh, you know, Bridesmaids was good. I enjoy Spy. And, I mean, this is a solid B-minus movie, I would say. Nothing, uh, you know, and I know it's a... Well, the problem is the movie starts off with jokes that are immediately more suitable for the naked gun or a different type of comedy. And then when we're supposed to get like funny scenes or action scenes, it's hard to take any threat as serious. But you know, it, it's 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 an entertaining movie for what it is. It's basically like a, it's like Men in Black basically. It's about that same level of tone, where you know it, it's a watchable movie on cable, but it, I'm not gonna. It's not really great or anything like that. It's not anything that's super memorable.
0: Yeah, I kind of figured honestly that that was what it was going to be. Like Bridesmaids was a good movie and i thought spy was pretty interesting to the extent that it was but like i don't i don't feel like fig is you know this generation's voice of america or whatever the shit because you know i can still remember that he made the heat and unaccompanied minors which were both pretty goddamn terrible so it's it's you know I kind of figured that this was going to be fine to the extent that any remake was going to be fine, but the odds of it being another Adams family were extremely low.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I, you know, based on the scale of other, uh, remakes or reboots, I mean, it's better than most and I, but it's going to be hard to say people are going to remember it for more than, uh, the controversy surrounding it. And, uh, Or is like a a niche sort of audience movie, you know, like people still post uh, Firefly character stuff all the time. You know, it'll be big in Tumblr, which, man, that sounds kind of mean. I don't want to sound mean.
0: (laughs) I feel like I feel like it's going to be a film that's going to be very, very big with the audience that it attracted and the people that appreciate it. And not amongst anybody else. The controversy surrounding it is just complete fucking dog shit, and I have no appreciation for it whatsoever. But I also don't have appreciation for the reverse controversy where, like, people are saying, well, if you didn't like this movie, then it's because you're a man, basically, which is legitimately a thing I have seen people say.
1: Yeah, and uh, God bless Sony for figuring out some marketing for that. I mean, that is a great way to spin another reboot as something that is kind of critic-proof, then, you know?
0: Yeah, now, if only they could, like, figure out a way to use that marketing in an attempt to actually do something worthwhile with another Spider-Man movie, they'd be all set. But whatever works, I suppose.
1: Well, you know, you just need to reboot Spider-Man and put him back in high school every couple of years.
0: Man, fuck that. I fucking hate (laughs) Spider-Man in high school. It is the least interesting version of Spider-Man.
1: Well, that's what you're gonna get forever and ever.
0: God damn it. Okay, so
1: Pokemon, Pokemon. Uh, you know, I was never a handheld guy. I had I went straight from the NES to the Genesis and all Sega systems. So I feel like I missed out on a lot of the Pokemon thing. I feel like it was more of a thing with uh, uh, the kids I babysat. And my first major exposure to it was probably the South Park Shin Pokemon episode episode. Uh, and the only way reason I really remember that well is that my uh, my littler cousin uh, found out that South Park made an episode that made fun of Pokemon, and he cried, uh, even though he was, you know, like 10. So that is what it is.
0: Yeah, for me, it's I kind of stumbled into Pokemon accidentally. I had just started into my first real part-time job at that point, uh, working at a Best Buy, where Every single piece of electronic equipment you could ever want is just immediately accessible to you to purchase. And I was 17 years old with a paycheck and no concept of what to do with it. So the first thing I do is I go and I fucking buy myself a Game Boy Pocket and King of Fighters 95 for the Game Boy Pocket.
1: Ooh.
0: Which is like the worst possible version of King of Fighters 95 you can get. But whatever. Whatever. And then at some point, I was like, you know what? I can't play this on the bus. This is not enough to play on the bus. Let me get something that's going to actually have some real content to it. And at around the time, everybody I knew was like, Pokemon, Pokemon. I was like, all right, what the the fuck is this? I bought Pokemon Blue, and Mm -hmm. I ended up just beating the dog shit out of that game on bus rides to and from my house over the course of, I don't know, a couple of months of work.
1: Uh, Nice. Uh, See, I always felt I was like... I was just a little, that little bit too old for it. I know, you know, Lucard is older than me and he's like king Pokemon, but uh, my, my brother-in-law is 11 years younger than me and he had the, the binder with all the cards in it and pretty much every Pokemon card you've ever seen. And I don't know. I just never really got into it. I did play, God, was what was the N64 one? Uh, Pokemon Stadium? stadium? Or, yeah. I played all those mini games with my with my daughter when she was small. Uh, you know, like where Clefairy would tap on the chalkboard, and you'd have to throw the—I don't know if it's the the snakes spelled backwards, uh, the ring toss, and that sort of thing. But that is pretty much the limit of my Pokemon experience.
0: I mean, to be fair, there's no there's no real viable way to compare yourself successfully to Mister Lucard. I feel like his <laughs> life and my life are real fucking different.
1: Yeah, different tracks, huh?
0: Yeah, a bit, but. Yeah, it's, it's, I never felt like Pokemon for me was the sort of thing where I was like oh I'm too old for it or whatever because I kind of realized fairly early that adulting is a thing I get to decide how to do and I can do with that whatever I want so for from my perspective it was all right I want to play the stupid game with the stupid electric rat whatever let's see what's going on with that and it was entertaining and I enjoyed it but outside of red and blue like i tried to get into the later games like silver and gold and it just the magic was gone i was not interested in doing it over again and from there i've just mostly been kind of an outlier with the franchise up until pokemon go i've only played a couple of games in the series so it's i'm not coming into this conversation with any great love for that franchise either
1: yeah i i i i barely even watched the cartoon although i do feel an affinity for team rocket
0: well you know if you're gonna cause trouble make it double
1: exactly exactly plus who doesn't
0: want to be friends with the talking cat who's an asshole
1: yeah yeah i i feel like though if i did any sort of research on team rocket seems like the sort of thing that would have horrifying uh deviant art uh you know artwork on display
0: I, I need to be the person to tell you anything having to do with Pokemon is the sort of thing that's going to have horrifying deviant art on display. Just don't do a Google image search for Pokemon.
1: Ever. Ever. Uh, better or worse than Sonic? Time is a flat circle. <laughs> okay.
0: That said, the, the idea of taking Pokemon Go and just skinning it as a Ghostbusters thing does seem like a pretty great idea. I've played a bit of Pokemon Go I'm somewhere in the teens level wise and I can definitely see the core appeal of it I think once more features have been added and the servers stop being pieces of shit the game will actually be a real game and not just a thing that you do when you're bored waiting for the train or whatever but there's definitely a framework there that's interesting even if the core game itself is kind of limited and I can see the appeal of taking something that is a little more freeform than Pokemon is and sticking it over top because it gives you more room to play around with it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I you know, and uh, the thing with ghosts is that uh, not only do you have just like you know all the different kinds, you also have uh, historical things based on actual locations. Like uh, I mean, you go to what is it a uh, whole House around here, or I mean, any anything that's more than fifty years old is said to be haunted in some way or another. So you really have a lot of options with uh, w- with content. Although I feel like in order for any of that to work, just with the the grand scope of augmented reality and things like that, you have to gen g- yeah you have to do a lot of like uh, user generated content. And I don't know how that works in terms of copywriting or anything like that.
0: Well, with Pokemon, I would think that sort of thing would be incredibly difficult because Nintendo earns a cert- owns a certain portion of the Pokemon company. The Pokemon company, of mm-hmm. course, owns their own franchise. And it's very much a case where you are going to have to work within the confines of their rules and restrictions in order to get your content submitted. Plus, more than likely, if you submit user-generated content, chances are good that they're going to want to claim ownership to it. Ghostbusters is a lot more fluid of a franchise, so the idea of potentially creating content to add into that probably falls in the domain of basically don't put dicks on the ghosts and you're good (laughs) and while there's also still the possibility that they might try to claim ownership of the content that you create in terms of you know new ghosts that are created oh well, we're going to use this or we reserve the right to use this in a later thing at the very least you probably have a lot more freedom to create stuff and apply it to the game world
1: well, and so much already exists that's basically in the public domain, either at, from being historical or from being just so damned old. Like, nobody's going to own the like the Flying Dutchman or something like that. That's very true. And it's... I mean, you could even do throw Dracula in there. He's been in the public domain for 40 years now, or maybe more.
0: True. The first thing I noticed when I was thinking about the concept was that it really wouldn't be that hard to take what has already been created for Pokemon Go by Niantic and apply it to a Ghostbusters concept. Like for example um, gyms could be firehouses Oh yeah, yeah You could convert most of it Honestly, Pokestops could be some kind of I don't know, spiritual gathering point, spiritual nexus whatever you want to do with that uh, Pokeballs can be ghost traps
1: Yeah, that one I think is is the most obvious one there uh, and you know increasing your level you just increase the power of your proton pack or the new film introduces all sorts of like weirdo gadgets that you could you know only get at level 5 or level 10 or I don't know how many levels the pokemon go has but i mean that, that, they definitely do introduce a lot new ways to to punch ghosts in in the new movie
0: i also feel like you could do things to maybe kind of cross blend the different elements of Ghostbusters into one force Um, there's the obvious merchandising potential of making all of your healing items various degrees of ecto cooler for example just for shits and giggles but I feel like Pokemon teams is the place where you could start kind of crossbreeding fandoms like Mm -hmm. in the Pokemon Go app you have three different teams Um, I don't remember their names but it's red blue and yellow whatever it's
1: like yeah Inspire Valor Dauntless I don't remember
0: yeah exactly And with a Ghostbusters-themed version of that app, you could very easily divide that into groups. You could have the real Ghostbusters, the Ghostbusters Extreme, and then whatever name you would want to give to the modern Ghostbusters to to, like give them something neat, nomenclature-wise. And you could have different people be associated with those different groups. So it's, you know, do you want to show your love for the original Ghostbusters franchise? Join this team. You want to show your love for the modern Ghostbusters franchise, join this team. Do you want to show your love for the Burger King Kids Club? Join this team. Whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah. Makes sense to me.
0: But going back to your prior point, the more interesting discussion probably does come around the idea of what's unique that could be applied to it. Going back off of the idea of things that are in the public domain. You could probably do something like, I don't know, uh, take a monument, for example, like the, the, the Lincoln Memorial or the Washington Monument. OK, if you go to that monument, you can get Lincoln's ghost.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or, uh, gosh, I mean, you could even tie it in with Hamilton right now and go to uh, the spot in New Jersey where the the duels happened. You can go collect Philip Hamilton and Alexander Hamilton.
0: I feel like that would definitely be interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a... Gosh, why are we trying to turn this into an educational app? But uh, I think we could still make money with education.
0: Yeah, I mean, Carmen Sandiego managed to exist for like a decade and a half.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, Rockapella, they're still big.
0: No, that's just us. I feel like you could also do a lot more with the combat, because in, in Pokemon, there's really only two methods of interacting with the world. Capturing Pokemon and fighting at gyms fighting Mm -hmm. at gyms sucks i did it a couple of times just to test it out and i hate it and i i actively avoid doing it at this point because it's swipe left and right to have your pokemon maybe dodge the attack then swipe upward to make your pokemon do like the one or two attacks that they might have it's oh you don't
1: even choose the attack or anything like that
0: no your pokemon only come equipped with like two potential attacks that they can utilize in any capacity and it's just like swiping in one of the two directions will get them to do an attack of some type or another. And it's, I mean, like, that's fine. as an incredibly limited thing. But Ghostbusters would allow you so many more options there. You could, you know, just use the proton pack as a basic idea. But mm-hmm. how many video games have we had at this point? There's, There's many different tools you can draw from those and that's just the games not counting the cartoon the multiple different cartoon series that they've had the new movie uh the second movie even with its weird slime guns you know there's there's so many different things that you can draw from and make tools with
1: yeah yeah now i'm not sure hmm I'm trying to think now what you can do with your captured ghosts though. So that's the, the other downside the downside though, that or the advantage that Pokemon has is that once you've captured the Pokemon, you have things to do with them. If you capture the ghosts, I'm not sure if you want to have the ghosts fight, then it just becomes a Pokemon clone, but uh otherwise they're just kind of, you know, there. Well, I feel like you could actually make
0: those work together. In the world of capturing Pokemon, all you're doing is seeing the Pokemon in front of you, throwing the Pokeball at it, hoping that you bean the little fucker in the head, capturing it, hoping it stays captured, moving on with your deck. In battles, it's Pokemon versus Pokemon, and all you do is direct the Pokemon's inputs. With combat, you could still have the ghost fight, and but maybe like have it work off of an AI-type situation where it dictates certain mechanics, and then you can routinely throughout the battle use ghostbuster weapons in order to influence battle.
1: Yeah, I mean I think you can have a lot of fun with that. Although th- th- I think if people give strange looks to the the Pokemon Go people, I think it's going to look even stranger when somebody's uh, you know shaking their phone and uh, pretending to have a uh, laser shooting out of it.
0: Well, I mean, you could you could hypothetically just just like have like a little like item listing on the right-hand side of the screen or whatever and then you just push and then I don't know, swipe to do one thing with the proton pack and then switch over to the fists and, like, swipe to do whatever
1: with, like, you know, the, the, the ecto fists or whatever the shit. I want people, no, I want people shaking their phones in weird ways at gas stations. That's that's actually what I want to see. So so you're
0: the kind of person that looked at Aiden Pierce being an asshole in Watch Dogs and said, yes, this is a great idea. I want to see this happening. I want to see him running up in other people's personal space just being a dick.
1: Uh, yes, all the time. Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> and oddly enough, that game is set in Chicago, so at least it all makes sense.
1: It all comes together.
0: Oh my God. I feel like you could also do a lot more with captures there now that I think about it, though. Like, you could you could make it into a full minigame. Like, you know, shaking the phone, doing whatever, instead of just throw the ball, hope the fucker stays in there. You could make it more skill-based instead of random number generation-based.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I feel like you can actually... I feel like movement actually would come in uh, pretty handy, where, or even teamwork. If you have multiple people to shoot the proton packs at the ghosts in order to catch, catch the ghosts. That could be interesting. You could. I mean, you know what? You could,
0: you could do like events, like mm-hmm. maybe I don't know. Um, Cthulhu is rising up out of the ocean. You and your friends have to go stop it, or. Gozer has attacked the city and has summoned the destructor form. You and your friends have to fight the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. And you could do stuff with that where it's like multiple person events in different parts of every city, municipality, whatever, where you and everybody have to work together.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think you get a a sense of like real-time multiplayer that a lot of uh, cell phone games don't offer. Yeah,
0: it's it's the community that people have with Pokemon Go is still very limited. It's just everybody hanging out at the same Pokestop that a lore has been applied to. Bullshitting and talking about whatever. Maybe multiple people from a specific team go take on a gym or whatever. And that's Mm -hmm. fine. I think that there's some definite novelty to that. But imagine like 20 different people in an area all fighting against Gozer the Gozerian. it, It applies it to a different level where even if you're all on different teams, you can still all work together for some type of quote-unquote common good and participate in these battles as friends even if you're not in the same group or whatever
1: yeah yeah or even a smaller scale like even you and your three best friends go out and uh you know tackle a mid-level ghost or something like that there would just be some that you can't get by yourself unless you know you are up to level i don't even know I, the theoretical level 30 let's say
0: mm. that's not a bad idea I also, I also think, going back to your point from before, there's a lot of open-source information that you could use combined with everything that's been generated for the Ghostbusters over the past three decades at this point. So you could have things like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, Gozer, Vigo, uh, Monsters from the Games, Monsters from the movie, uh, I'm sorry, Monsters from the, like the pen-and-paper role-playing games. Mm-hmm. And you could also reference things like Aleister Crowley, Rasputin, Cthulhu, Any, anything that people are a little bit disagreeable with that isn't Hitler.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think the ghost of Hitler is a selling point, man. Of course, he's still alive in Brazil, as we all know, but...
0: I mean, he's going to die eventually. We can just pretend <laughs> for the purposes of this exercise. You know what? Hitler's dead. Now you got to fight his ghost. And it's, ah, uh, I don't know. I feel like
1: that'd be a bit uncomfortable. Well, I don't know if which of this is... Uh... You know what's national news about the Pokemon Go, but there's always uh, you know stories of this, that, or the other. But the the local uh, Holocaust Museum had to stop people from pay, playing Pokemon Go. So it's uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who who whips out their cell phone at all in the Holocaust Museum, but uh, it's it it is not uh, it is not smiled upon. I,
0: I guess you really needed that fucking Sandshrew. <laughs>
1: Well, maybe you know, maybe for uh, a Snorlax. I I think that that would be good, but
0: I don't even really know where to go with that actually. <laughs> I just I don't. I got nothing. Uh the one the one thing I don't like about the Pokémon system is the way that it's set up in terms of evolution. With Pokémon Go, it's okay, you have to catch x amount of the same fucking Pokémon in order to be able to evolve it. So If you want to evolve your... I probably should put something at the beginning now that I'm thinking about this. Saying, hey kids, don't listen to this. We're going to curse a whole lot. But if you want to evolve an Eevee, maybe that's not difficult. Because there's Eevees just all over the place. New Jersey is just silly with Eevees. Fine. Pidgey,
1: Rattata, whatever. the, The garbage Pokemon are all fine that's i i love it i love that it's pigeons and rats everywhere too like that is that is inspired the world of pokemon mimics real life yeah yeah maybe you know again maybe getting back to what i said earlier about the ghost maybe all these pokemon were here all along and we're just seeing them mm. they're the they're the ruddy ruddy piper sunglasses
0: going back to the the previous point I don't like the idea of having to catch the same Pokemon over and over again, because if you want to evolve your Charmander, fuck you, that's just not gonna happen unless God has smiled upon you in some form or fashion. Or you live in, like, New York City.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, well, I mean, that's just the level grind you get. That's the same thing with, uh, you know, killing boars in Warcraft or whatever, I would assume. You want to make it more skill-based and uh, maybe do repetitive things, but do repetitive things in such a way that you're actually getting better at playing the game.
0: Not only that, I don't think that it should come down purely to random number generation either. Like, I don't feel like that's a great way to incentivize play because it tells the player essentially everything that you're doing is based entirely around luck. If you're not lucky enough, spend money on our game to maybe get a little bit luckier or fuck you. And I'd like it to be at least a little bit RNG-independent de- to the point where what I thought of doing was borrowing something from, say, the Shin Megami Tensai series, where what you could do is take a ghost that you've leveled up a certain amount through catching other ghosts, sacrifice it using a certain amount of energy, uh, and then potentially summon a, a new ghost. The, the caveat being that you don't really necessarily know 100% what you're getting, maybe, and the more energy in you invest, the more you could potentially dictate the ghost that you get for the result of this. So it's, if you want to just get a better ghost, just dump in a thousand points, drop this old crappy ghost that you have, and you're good to go. But if you want to get a specific one, maybe you have to devote 5,000 points. So it's a focused oh. grind.
1: Yeah, that, well, that seems more black artsy to me, too. It's like I, I can see you putting the a pentagram on the ground and, you know, summoning these things. And that, you know, that could be part of the different teams of Ghostbusters, too, because if you have one team that's more, you know, doing magic against the ghosts, where the Ghostbusters, uh, at least, you know, the movie Ghostbusters, are always about using science against the supernatural so, I, I mean, I feel like you can do that in a way that's more sciencey, y p- perhaps, but uh, I'm just trying to make sure we stay on brand, you know?
0: No, that does make sense. It's I feel like you could maybe use some type of a, a machine that Eon or whoever has invented for the specific purpose of transferring ghost energy and getting different ghost energy in return, depending upon how much you invest into it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that, that, I think if I were making the game, my three teams would be the team that's using magic to fight the ghosts, the team that's using science to fight the ghosts, and then uh, just the the ghost hunters you'd see on the sci-fi channel, who would just routinely not have any superpowers or any abilities whatsoever, and just listen to noises in old houses. Well, that actually
0: brings me to another point where you could do a lot of weird crossovers with this sort of a game if you were really interested in building that kind of a universe. So you could indeed do crossovers with ghost but with ghost hunters. Or, you know, other sorts of things within the real world that deal with that kind of concept. Or you could do crossovers with things that are actually cool, like the Men in Black.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess that that's that's part of the problem, too, with the the crossover idea, is uh, you don't really want to endorse the weirdos at Ghost Hunters. I mean, I, people believe in this stuff, and I might be offending them, but that's okay. Uh I feel like part of what was making the original Ghostbusters work is that you had uh, Harold Ramis, uh, who believed in nothing, balancing out Dan Aykroyd's crazy and believing in everything. And, man, I don't know. If if you were to do the game, you would suddenly have... I don't even know who these people are on the Ghost Hunters type show, but I, I feel like I don't want to promote them at all. Maybe comparing them to Pikachu is the way to not promote them, but I, I don't even know, man.
0: Well, again, I mean, it's just an idea. I oh, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. they're fucking crazy people, and you know, fuck them. But I do feel like there's a certain idea there where you could even cross promote, say, horror authors. So, for example, you know, special guest month featuring you know monsters like ghosts created by M. L. Kennedy or Stephen King or R. L. Stein or whoever. And you could start borrowing from things in the world that are known but not necessarily notable to get some ideas across, like the SCP series or stuff from White Wolf or whatever.
1: Yeah, I think uh, throwing some Goosebumps stuff in there would definitely be uh, on point, you know. Although throwing my stuff in there would also work, but it would be much less popular than the Stephen King and R.L. Stein stuff. And uh, it's... uh, Top Tropica, my daughter used to play that all the time, and they would just throw on whatever property would let them, and have little worlds based on that, and I've, you know, it's a pretty good promotion tool for that.
0: Oh yeah, all the mobile phone games that I've seen in the past few years are really big about cross-promoting with whoever will have them. Uh, Brave Frontier is promoted with everything ranging from Hatsune Miku to Demo to the King of Fighters franchise and beyond, so it's I feel like the things that you would cross-promote with would have to have a certain amount of association that makes sense. But, I mean, if you want to get nuts with it, I don't give a shit. Give me a Ghost Kyokusanagi, whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, heck, if, if Waze keeps on promoting Kentucky Fried Chicken, it makes as much sense as anything else. Who? Uh, Waze is an app that shows you the fastest route to drive anywhere. It's really useful in Chicago, where I'm trying. Like, uh, my daughter goes to a school that's 16 miles away, which is not a lot in a small town. But when you're on the south side of the Chicago of Chicago, trying to get to the north side of Chicago, uh, it might take you an hour and 15 minutes. So uh, there's an app called Waze that everybody who's on the app is feeding GPS information into, you know, the, the, an algorithm, and it'll show you which way to take, which roads to avoid, and that sort of thing. And no, they, I have never heard of that. Oh, it's super useful. Uh, And they have voices, and they cross-promote using the voices. Uh, So the Kentucky Fried Chicken Colonel pops up every once in a while. Uh, I had C-3PO's voice. uh, That was uh, promoting The Force Awakens. They discontinued it right afterwards. And uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was giving directions for a while, too. You know, turn right. I can't do an Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. I'm sorry.
0: No, that's, that's totally fine. But no, I had never heard of that. I just used the standard GPS because I mostly live in a suburban area. Most of the cities that are in New Jersey are places I would not want to go, if at all possible. So I predominantly spend most of my time driving around either suburban neighborhoods or industrial parks. But that would definitely be useful if I have to go out to Minnesota for, I don't know, Sean's second wedding or whatever. Oh, yeah. No. And I'm not saying that Sean's going to get divorced. I'm I'm just saying maybe they'll legalize polygamy I love you Sean, seriously. But
1: Yeah, it is it is not very useful. I I used it in my my hometown which has uh 3000 people. So it was not very useful around there, but uh definitely if you're trying to get around uh especially unfamiliar territory, it'll tell you which roads are closed and uh you know where traffic's at a standstill. That's not a bad idea. No.
0: I also feel like there's just a complete ton of information that you could use to build a Ghostbusters application based on what already exists. Uh, So you could use things, like I said before, from the games from the tabletop, for whatever, to build unique scenarios, unique concepts, events that people could play in, things like that. Mm -hmm. And as we had discussed before, there's less rigidity to what you can't do because... Ghostbusters at this point is kind of wide open. You can do just about anything, so long as it's not too revolting or too ridiculous. The only thing that I'm kind of hung up on is the idea of, okay, Pokemon has typing for its combat mechanics. So you have 30, 40 different types that dictate how your Pokemon respond in different situations. And while that can get confusing, like how you know, a giant tree monster is a dragon, but Charizard is not. It helps to know what's going to be responsive to what. Fire works against this and this. Ghost works against this and this, etc. Ghostbusters doesn't really have any kind of set-in-stone mechanic in that way, so it's hard to know how you would start building something like that.
1: Yeah, you'd have to design that from from phase one, basically. I... Yeah, uh, you have uh, things like, uh, gosh, what's that called? Uh, Munchkin, and uh, various zombie board games will have different types of zombies, where you'll have like nuclear zombies versus uh, voodoo zombies versus you know what have you, and you could build that into the weapons, where some are stronger against uh, you know uh, Irish ghosts. I don't know I why know, I don't know why I'm turning it into a race thing. Uh, no, but uh, stronger against. Oof, I don't know, how would you do it by the, just the how the ghosts appear? Like, you know, something more like The Librarian is definitely different than something like Slimer. Or would you do it based on how they, they died, which would seem not in the PG-13 PG spirit of things. You don't want to get too morbid about it. it it's, it's tricky. It's definitely something that would require a, a, couple of, uh, a couple of nights of thought.
0: Well, I mean, the most obvious way that you could do it is to utilize the concept of Tobin's spirit guide which is a thing that a couple of different groups of people have written in various capacities to varying degrees of effect. So maybe you could use the tabletop role-playing games version of Tobin's Spirit Guide, which classifies things within the confines of how you would fight them in the RPG. Or maybe you could use one of the other published Tobin Spirit Guides. It's really up to you based on what you're trying to get out of the game as a concept, but... I do feel like there's at least the idea of here's how you know what your different types are with that. But it, it's, I don't know, it's, it's such an inconsistent thing even now. I feel like maybe there's also some potential for, I don't know, say using the seven deadly sins as like a basis point.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely something that everybody is has a vague familiarity with, although... You know, again, you're going to have a bunch of kids playing lust, uh, you know, attacking lust ghosts, or uh, I guess sloth ghosts would be fine. I always think, I always remember the Seven Deadly Sins through the uh, Gilligan's Island castaways. Is that how everybody else does it?
0: Um, I remember them from other shitty video games that I've played, Uh but I mean, like, I feel like that's fair as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, uh... You know, I, I don't remember how Kevin Spacey killed the people in that movie, but I definitely remember. Well, Marianne is jealousy, so envy is one of the seven deadly sins. And, uh, you know, the skipper is wrath. Gilligan is sloth. Uh, let's see. Greed is Thurston Howell III. And then you've got uh, uh, lust, would be uh, Ginger. And then uh, pride is the professor. And then who, who's left? Lovey? I forgot what the sin was left for Lovey. Oh, man, see? Now I don't even know my seven deadly sins. I feel
0: like maybe you could use, like, naturalistic elements or, you know, like, Asian elements, things of that nature as a method of dictating ghosts, not, like, as a thing to confess your sins for. <laughs> but, like, I don't know, like, you know, maybe you could have, like, different ghosts also depend, like, different ghost statistics also based on, or like, origin point.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I kind of feel like maybe it would be too complicated if you had certain ghosts that were dedicated to certain regions of the world. If somebody really wanted to catch them all, as it were. But by the same token, you, you also have like a certain amount of, okay, this region knows this thing, deals with this thing, so maybe there's something to be said for having region-specific ghosts that you have to deal with, and then maybe have, having region-specific typing that's unique to that particular area, country, city, state, whatever.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's, uh, I, I've got to take a flight to Japan because I want to catch one of those little girls that crawls out of the television. It's, uh, it, it could be a little bit of a problem, but definitely you can make it more uh, more common to see a certain type of ghost in the, in the bayou than versus uh, in New York City.
0: Yeah, no, now that I think about it, I really wouldn't want to have to, like, force anybody to try to catch the Blair Witch. That just seems like asking for trouble on multiple different levels.
1: Oh, man. You could recreate the movie, but they're in the woods trying to catch the ghosts on their phone. Actually, didn't they just remake that movie?
0: That is going to be coming out sometime in the near future, yes.
1: Now, is that a remake or a reboot or just a sequel? I know they made a sequel with the guy from Burn Notice, but I I don't think anybody saw it.
0: I saw it. In the theater. <laughs> uh. I don't I don't know if this is a reboot or if it's like a different sequel. It, it kind of played like it's supposed to be a different sequel because he's saying, oh, well, we watched this found footage video and that's my sister. And then there's the part at the very end of the trailer where he's saying, I'm so sorry, like the girl did in the previous movie. So I don't know.
1: Uh, it's it's strange how we keep on getting movies that kind of straddle this line between sequel and reboot. I I like The Force Awakens was a lot of that. And you have, uh, gosh, even going all the way back to the Shaft remake, uh, like, what, 15 years ago now, uh, Samuel L. Jackson was Shaft, but he was also Shaft's nephew because Richard Roundtree was in the movie?
0: yeah. I don't really know how I feel about people doing cameos in movies that they helped make famous to be honest.
1: It it just is kind of weird. Although Bill oh so Bill Murray uh, shows up in the new Ghostbusters movie. I don't know. I mean, everybody from the old cast shows up that's alive basically. And he has this whole bit where except
0: for Rick Moranis cuz he, oh, he yeah.
1: his response was,
0: "Why in the hell would I show up to do 5 minutes worth of work and leave?"
1: Yeah, true. Well, and a lot of, as I understand it, some of the other people only showed up because uh, they were going to be facing legal action otherwise, which I don't I don't know how that works. Uh, but no, Bill Murray shows up as basically a James Randi type character who is in the movie for about 10 minutes, uh, maybe four minutes total screen time, uh, doesn't do anything, uh, then gets killed, and then is never important again. So it wasn't really a good use of Bill Murray, is what I'm saying.
0: Well, I mean, you know, the same thing happened in Zombieland, but at least there he was entertaining.
1: Well, yeah, and that was uh, that was funny. Andrew got. Yeah, the...
0: especially where they were all running around with like the plastic proton packs and shit.
1: Yep, yep. And uh, any regrets? Well, Garfield. Yeah, yeah. That's another movie my daughter loves. She's only thirteen. I don't know if she should have seen Zombie Land as many times as she has, but you know.
0: I was gonna say I was gonna say your your daughter likes Garfield. What in the fuck are you doing as a parent?
1: No, no, Zombie Land, uh, Zombie Land, Shaun of the Dead. We've been to two Walker Stalker counts already, which uh, I haven't actually paid money to uh, see anybody in the People Zoo except for. Uh, she wanted to see the gosh, the tiny blonde woman who does the voice of the little girl in the Walking Dead uh, Telltale game.
0: Okay, yeah, I know who you're talking about.
1: Yeah, she's super nice.
0: I mean, I would figure that she would be, honestly. I mean, yeah,
1: because kind of, she's not famous or anything, so.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, that's certainly true, but I also, I also feel like you can kind of tell if, if a celebrity is an asshole to a certain extent, like, without ever having met them. Like, I mean, I think we all know that Jared Leto is kind of a piece of
1: shit. Method, I think, is the word you're thinking of. A piece of method? (laughs) Well, maybe that, maybe that.
0: I'm just just saying, we all know that Daniel Day-Lewis is a method actor and that people hate him for being a method actor. Mm -hmm. Daniel Day-Lewis, the worst thing that he did was actively throw bowling balls at people.
1: That sounds pretty bad.
0: That is pretty bad, to be <laughs> yeah. fair. But we can just assume that he was just really into the idea of throwing bowling balls, which isn't the worst thing. Mailing, like, condoms to f- used condoms to people is, is the kind of thing where it's like, you don't just do that when you're on set, do you? Like, you're on a list somewhere, aren't you?
1: He just wants an excuse. It's like those people who drink just so they can get an excuse to get into a fight.
0: That's definitely true. Although, fights have an opportunity for hurting both of you. The, the used condom thing, I think, mostly just hurts the person that you're sending it to. Uh, you what do we could, do with this? You could chafe. I mean, if, I guess it really depends on how many condoms he's sending out on a day-to-day basis.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could get all bruised up down there. You gotta worry about his meats and cheeses.
0: I don't gotta worry about his meats <laughs> and cheeses. I'm never gonna see them. I don't like 30 seconds to Mars that much, thank you very much.
1: Yeah, now, as I understand it, uh, at least from the early reviews, he's in that movie for about six minutes too. Well, that's a lot of uh, a lot of method for a very small performance.
0: On the other hand, he he seems to do best in his small confined roles, like American Psycho. He was only in that for like a relatively short period of time before Patrick Bateman killed him. And he was fine there.
1: God, I, I've seen that movie. Two or three times, I don't remember who we played, and every time I want to like that movie, and I just don't.
0: I've only seen it the one time, and I thought it was fine
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just remember business cards and Phil Collins, and that's about it. That's fair. Yeah. To bring it back
0: onto something remotely approaching a topic. The the idea of the the Ghostbusters cameos, though, does kind of make me wonder... If they could do something with cameos there in the game, and I don't want to go in the obvious and horrifying direction of Harold Ramis is a catchable ghost. No, but
1: but you could uh, you could have you know characters from the movie or uh, cartoon show up as like a assist trophies, or you know all of a sudden you're fighting a hard ghost and they show up out of nowhere. But that seems more random number generation right there.
0: Yeah, like, you could you could have them as power-ups. Like, the assist trophy idea isn't bad, but, like, maybe just a power-up you can kick on, so, like, maybe some kind of a special move where, I don't know, Peter Venkman, like, seduces the ghost or gets slimed by the ghost to, like, give you a reprieve from its actions or, you know, race dance, like throws out some like techno babble that gives you like an attack bonus or whatever
1: or you can you know buy weapons from egon or from uh uh, kate mckinnon's character holtzman i think it is and uh, and, you know you got a lot of options if you use your okay sorry if you use your experience uh and you had a choice of the different uh weapon power-ups and even the different weapon the different people you're buying the weapons from that could be interesting
0: I also feel like there's a way where you could get cash rather than experience points. Like, the experience points would probably be able to dictate things that you could utilize or the level of ghost you could potentially take on. But they could also do cash payouts in the game. Oh, yeah. Where, you know, like in the Ghostbusters films, you're busting ghosts and people are paying you money to get rid of the ghosts. It it makes sense that you, you would also get paid for getting the ghosts off of these pieces of property, Doing whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that definitely makes sense. And the, the ritzier the place, the more money you get. Actually, they don't really get paid in the new movie. The, they hire an assistant and do all this stuff and have all this equipment. And I don't remember them ever getting paid. You don't get a lot of the let's build a business together uh, aspect of the original Ghostbusters in, in the remake. I had
0: heard that. And it's. I wonder if they couldn't, if they didn't maybe spend some time on establishing that and it got cut because somebody felt that it wasn't necessary, that fans wouldn't ask that question. Yeah, I mean, it's
1: one of those things that, you know, bothers my OCD brain. But uh, yeah, no, you can definitely gloss over that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, like even a throwaway line saying that they have like governmental funding somehow would would probably do whatever to help establish it. But for the confines of a game, it, it seems like a good mechanic to put in where you're getting paid to do whatever thing that you're doing.
1: Yeah, yeah. You go to the hotel, you get money. You go to a shack, you maybe get less money or no money.
0: I feel like there should be some kind of nominal cash payout in all cases, just because my major concern in this case is I've seen the experience that Pokemon Go is when you go into a city versus when you go into the suburbs. In my neighborhood, there's one gym that is maybe about half a mile away, and then there are, like, three or four more gyms that are maybe, like, a mile outside of that. There are probably around, outside of, like, your the library, um, major grounds for sculpture, things of that nature, the train station. There are maybe one or two Pokemon stops in any given map that you're on, if that. And then when I went to New York this past week, it was a pokey stop on every fucking
1: block oh yeah yeah my my daughter was taking the the bus downtown for her theater camp and she was just like i almost caught a pikachu and i caught this one and I, i mean they're it's maggoty
0: yeah and it's it's i would like this sort of a game to also take that into consideration and maybe be a viable experience no matter where you live
1: yeah you don't want them to discriminate against real america
0: not even just that, but I don't live in real America, and I still get the shaft when it comes to catching Pokemon. I can't catch shit, man. Yeah, yeah. There's like a Jigglypuff somewhere in my neighborhood, and the only time he shows up is like 9 o'clock at night, and I'm like, my neighborhood's safe, but I do not feel comfortable walking around with my phone out in
1: the dark. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Well, I mean, uh, in in American terms, you're more likely to find ghosts in the woods than in the cities, though, Right. I don't know. It's kind of 50-50. I
0: I feel like you could excuse it easily enough because ghosts in the woods are going to be your supernatural, I'm going to fucking kill you, you're going to die sort of thing, whereas ghosts in the city are just going to be like, whatever, boo and shit. So it's, it's those are the ones that you're more likely going to be able to catch with minimal difficulty. I mean, I feel like there could still be ghosts in the woods if you want to be enough of a crazy person to bring your phone out into the middle of, like, Camp Crystal Lake and go looking for, you know, whatever. That's on you. That's your damn business. But I feel like there's there's a definite appeal to having ghosts in shitty old broken down buildings or even, like, nice buildings dependent upon the situation.
1: Yeah, yeah. I agree.
0: I don't know. Do you have any other ideas here, or do you think we've mined it for what it's worth at this point?
1: Well, I think uh, we've spent a, probably a good amount of time talking about a game that's never going to exist, so I think uh, I, I think we've probably mined it for, for as much as people are willing to listen.
0: Oh, you would be surprised, sir. I did not think this was going to be a podcast that was going to catch on to any degree, and According to the analytics systems that I'm using, apparently a lot of people are listening to this, and thank you. Huh. So it's, it's it's kind of surprising, but in a good way.
1: So lots of people are listening. Remember, ML Kennedy, 100 by 100, stories in 100 words, available August 8th.
0: See, that's why I gave that to you at the top, too, so that people would actually be paying attention at that point. Now they're just going to be like, whatever, these people still fucking talking? <laughs> Jesus Christ. But... All right. I I feel like I feel like, yeah, that's probably about as much as we're going to mine out of that particular concept. So once again, I do want to say thank you, Mr. Kennedy, for uh, stopping in with us this evening.
1: Oh, no. Thank you. Thank you. In fact, I might have a hundred word ghost story that I could read if you'd be willing to uh, let me find it on my computer here. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Let's see. This one is available in the new book and was actually in the old book. So I'm cheating. Recycling this story and it is called ennui because we use fancy college words here hey man you got to use your five dollar words somewhere exactly Ahem. and this story is exactly 100 words count along with me dear diary this morning i levitated the dining room table i'm getting pretty good at it i used to only be able to lift it up an inch or two now it's a foot after that i practice making the master bedroom cold. I was able to drop the temperature in there about 10 degrees. Fahrenheit, not centigrade. I knocked all the books off of the shelf in the den and spent most of the afternoon setting them up in different patterns. Pretty soon, I'll qualify as a poltergeist. God, I wish some people would just move in already. And that's a hundred words. That's
0: a pretty interesting concept.
1: Yeah, well, we deal with a lot of ghosts and spooky stuff, but also a lot of uh, loneliness and human issues in these 100-word stories. Anyway, I think I wrecked your outro, so... uh... No,
0: that's perfectly fine. Um, I actually enjoy having things that you wouldn't necessarily expect in the podcast, and I definitely don't think anybody's expecting somebody to read one of their stories that they wrote, so kudos for that.
1: Yeah, thanks.
0: Join us next time when our podcast topic will be Video Games That Do Not Involve Ghost Blowjobs. On behalf of ML Kennedy, this is Mark B. saying stay safe out there, junkers.